Welcome to Culture Matters, a podcast exploring the intersection of faith and culture. Hey, y'all, it's Elizabeth here. And if you listened to our show last spring, we did an episode on singleness. If you haven't heard it, you need to listen to it. This episode 214 on wisdom and singleness. I mentioned that because today we're going to continue the conversation. And I have the guests we had on that show with us today. Everybody, why don't you go around, introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Jenna. Uh, Chelsea. Yep, I'm back. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm Braden. I'm the guy that has a borderline unhealthy relationship with candy corn. And so it's good to be here. Oh, oh that's wow, right. That okay. I forgot about that. We are recording this in the fall. Mm-hmm. Have you part? Oh, taken? I had so much candy corn. So much. I have been given candy corn related to this episode. <laughs> there, You know that there's three, uh, 36 million pounds of candy corn produced every year. Just for Halloween. That's an excessive assume, amount of candy corn. I, I did not know you, that off the top of my head, but I'm, even I'm, I would say that's excessive. I think you've, you're a key part of it. Speaking of candy corn, there's a good way to eat candy corn. I think you should try this. If you, I got this from a lady named Joy. She has a Instagram account where she bakes stuff. Candy corn and salted peanuts. Combine the two, and it tastes kind of like a payday. And huh, it's delicious. Okay. okay. That's I reasonable. like that. Yeah, we'll try that. That's the only way I'll eat candy corn. Okay. So there you go. If you're listening, pause, Mm -hmm. get some candy corn, get some candy corn, some salted (laughs) peanuts, and then come back and join us. All right. The gang's all back together, and we are here to continue our conversation about singleness. And singleness, again, I've heard a lot of feedback um, from a couple of folks who listened to the previous episode, and they were just happy about the insight that we were able to give into a conversation that doesn't always happen. And so today we want to have some more honest conversation about the things that singles navigate and deal with. And so I just want to start us off maybe with a hot question. We're just going to jump right into it. When it comes to this dynamic of singleness and we're supposed to be honorable before the Lord, like sometimes the conversation get weird because we don't know what to do with our desires. We want to be in relationship with other people. We might be attracted to other people. And so when it comes to desiring a spouse or wanting to be in relationship and community, and how do we navigate those things? I want to start us off, and I'm going to shoot it to Jenna because I feel like you have wisdom, wisdom to share. Um, I think even working with like young adults, I just get to see this a lot more. And I would say, even in my own life, getting to see God like stir up some of these things and allowing me to have these questions myself for myself and for others. And it's like, man, there's not like this clear cut way to handle these things. And that can make it seem overwhelming. And then there's not the conversation um, to be had. But it's like, oh, like I have this desire to be in a relationship or I have a a desire to be with this specific person. Um, And it's not wrong to have a desire in, in a lot of those spaces. It's not wrong I mean, I think even with attraction specifically, there's sometimes I'm having a conversation with a friend and I'm like, if this like attraction actually stirs your heart and your affections for God, then like that's something to a degree we can celebrate. It's like, man, like I just heard 
the way they were praying before the Lord, or I heard, um, I just see how they're ministering to others or how they see others and care for others. And I'm like, those are good things to be attracted to. Those are good things to to desire um, in someone else. Um, but then w- at what point does that desire become sinful or what da- at what point does that desire actually turn um inward in in like some lack of control or some lack of um, doubt in God. Um, And it's just such a, there's just such a blurry line with all of that, right? Of like, there's not just some clear cut point where where this attraction actually is wrong or this attraction is right. Um, And we have to navigate that in community is like, I think the best space to do that, um, to feel comfortable enough to say like, this exists um, I'm being vulnerable at the fact that this exists with safe people who are actually mm-hmm. going to point me back to God. Um, they're not going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, go for it. Or, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, like, just, like, that's fine. Like, that totally makes sense. Or egg it on in an unhelpful way. Yeah. But rather celebrate the good parts, but be held accountable for the parts that are hard. Because I think that, like, that's just a good thing. And I don't think it's something we always do really well of, like, it's either one or the other. Like, you have friends that are, you know you're going to go to because they're just going to encourage it. Or you have friends that you go to or maybe don't go to <laughs> because they're going to shut it down. Um, but that middle ground, it's so good to have um, friendships and other believers pouring in that, that have that middle ground, right? Because it's so messy. It really is. Yeah. So good. Yeah. With with desire, uh, one, I don't actually know what to do with this question. Like, it's, <laughs> it's a very difficult question. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, is it Kurt Thompson? I think he just wrote. I was going to say, a, we, and that episode actually came out a couple weeks ago. Like oh, did on, it? Okay. I haven't actually read the book yet. Yeah. And so I need to. Um, I'm So anything that I say, yep. you know, might be answered in that out episode or in that book. But like, I do think one, we're as humans, we're created to be in relationship with people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so at a base level, it's good to desire relationship. And then there's the nuance of, is it a romantic relationship? Is it a friendship? Is it a, you know, a mentoring relationship that you're desiring? And so even as you were talking about the the attractions that um, you you were kind of describing, it's like, well, are those, are those feelings romantic? Are those yeah. feelings mm-hmm. admiration? Are those mm-hmm. feelings, you know, uh, comparison, if you yeah. want to use a negative one? Uh, and so then what do you do with all of those when it's like, oh, okay, I desire a friendship with this person mm-hmm. or I desire a romantic relationship with this person or or whatever that looks like. And so I don't, I don't really know exactly what to do with the whole desire idea yeah. there. Um, and then I do, I know a lot of people who want and desire a spouse that don't have one mm. um, for a variety of reasons. They could be too young to have a spouse uh, or, or whatever. And, and it is one of the hardest questions that I think uh, people can wrestle with. And so I don't, I don't have any answers, but I do know <laughs> yeah. that it's really hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we can link to that episode with Kurt because um, mm-hmm. it is really good. He'll say this better than I can. But when I was reading the book, the thing that's nice about it is he just reminds you that, I mean, he doesn't just address like um, you like sexual desires, but even like just the desires that you have um, for all kinds of things. And like not having a sense of shame over those uh, and a sense of you're not condemning yourself. You're like giving that to the Lord. And so there's a way of like really uh, having open handedness with those things and not. um, Yeah, like not going to the community that maybe isn't going to foster more relationship with you and the Lord, but the community that's going to 
that's going to point you to God, you know, and going to, and going to remind you of, um, the good things that he has for you. Um, and some of that is unmet desires and that's okay. And like, how do you just meet the Lord in those places? Yeah. The desire is something that is, doesn't fit in a nice, neat box. Mm-hmm. And I think when it comes to the ways in which we are discipled within the church, that makes it a harder conversation. One, maybe it's not brought up. Maybe it's brought up in a way that feels very legalistic. Like, you know, we just need to make sure that we're not, you know, stepping in any area of unholiness when it just is. We have been wired and designed in a way where desire is a part of our human DNA. And so I liked how you said, uh, Chelsea, this idea about shame. Um, Mm -hmm. And even Brady, you're just like, I just don't, you know, I'm going to give you what I got. (laughs) And I think that's okay, right? So the question is, and how do we step into wisdom with something Mm -hmm. and having good uh, standards by which to evaluate something? Is it romantic? Is it just for a friendship? I think uh, something that in our moment, people are having difficulty because not every type of attraction is romantic. Um, But it's okay to see things and say, man, I really like that in you. Can we be friends? And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, But because it's a little messy, Mm. um, sometimes we don't know, we don't feel comfortable and feel in in shame and not, let me go to the community and pray about this. Let me ask the Lord to guide me. And then let me let the Holy Spirit do what he does, which Mm. is take me in these messy situations and he works it out on my behalf. Uh, But that we would celebrate the things that we see in other people that point us to the Lord. We would celebrate the things that, man, I really enjoy your intellect. Or I really enjoy the way you think about these particular ideas. Or I enjoy, man, you're just full of joy. Yeah. Like, I just like hanging around you. Um, and all of those things point us to the beauty of the God who created all of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, you know, this health of how is whatever I am feeling and whatever desire or attraction I have ultimately rooted in God and being controlled by God in a way that celebrates the beauty of humanity, but also lives within this boundaries of appropriate um, holiness and self-control for all Christians, Mm -hmm. Um, not just for single folks, but for all Christians. Um, But this idea of like desires, sometimes that makes it hard because they're unmet. And one of the conversations within the singleness realm (laughs) of unmet desires comes to children. You know, from the conversation you guys have had, or even from your own journey, um, man, how have you seen other people navigate this? And what wisdom would you have for folks who are like, man, I really, really long for this, but the Lord has not deposited into my life in the way I want him to. Um, yeah, I actually think it's really cool that you bring that up in in singleness. I I think specifically there is a is a really good space that I think the church more recently has cultivated for celebrating families and celebrating kids but also like lamenting families that aren't able to have kids. Mm. Um, But I have noticed that there's maybe, I think it's a blind spot of just like, there's actually single people who want kids, um, children of their own, and that's not actually voice. There's no voice for that. So I think it's really cool to even have the space for that. Because I think personally, I fall in that. Like I and that sometimes I, I joke of like, yeah, like I probably want kids more than I want a spouse specifically. I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm I'm pretty independent. I, I um, maybe to a sinful degree enjoy that independence too much. Um, but in terms of the the joy that I get from interacting with kids, and I I love just being around children and seeing more of God and seeing how God sees me more when I'm around kids. Um, and so I've actually been really grateful for for that conversation. 
And I do think I feel a little bit, I guess, comfortable, I think, before the Lord feeling just truly that and having to remind myself that God does not um, withhold good things from me. And so it's like, God, like you have not withheld this from me if it if it is good for me. And so it's like, but there's also so many other spheres that I get to live out and and I get to see that desire fulfilled mm. um, in the church with friends and their children and just getting to cultivate that there and getting to pour myself out there. But also in in um, evangelism and discipleship, like I get to see young women come to know the Lord, and I get to be a spiritual mother to them. And sometimes, even in those like interactions, I'm like, oh, parenting is hard. Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh man, like, and uh, like this is when they're like they have a almost fully developed brain, like mm-hmm. these things. But um, and seeing, but being able to have that conversation and feeling that safe space because it's like there's a desire. I think we we feel more comfortable in the single community, like saying like, I have a desire for a spouse, I have a desire for mm. a romantic relationship, X Y Z. But like that isn't actually talked about nearly as much. Of like, I actually have a desire for for children, um, and it just seems like it's a default obvious thing. Like, oh, that's just not like for you right now or like that's not like people think oh you must want a before you can have b kind of thing and it's like well I mean both can coexist and Mm -hmm. it's not a bad thing but I need reminders of seeing how God has and can fulfill those desires in spaces outside of what society would say is like the expectation um, for that desire I can't help but think of and I think she would be okay with me mentioning her name but Alyssa Ross Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just a woman who was single and just was like, I, um, I don't just desire to be a spirit, like a spiritual mom. I want to be a mom. And she adopted a daughter and she's just doing single motherhood and she lives out in her community really well. And she loves other people really well. And she sees single moms in, in a really positive light and is like a voice for a lot of people who, um, need that. And then she has a wonderful daughter who's just delightful. So it's just like, um. Yeah, I think those are those are spaces that um, are not as common or situations that are not as common. And um, uh, I think if you're like desiring that and and there's possibility for you to be able to do something like that, like, I, I don't know, I, I have really open hands about things like that. Like um, some people would be like, oh, I don't want to take on single parenthood. And it's like, well, you're just not promised anything. So there's no guarantee that you would even get married, have kids, and then something wouldn't happen to your spouse, you know? So um, to be like, well, I don't want to enter into something like that because it's scary. Maybe there's something you need to wrestle with, with the Lord, with um, with that too. Um, and maybe you can enter into that. And maybe that is something that's a gift. Um, I think she wrestled for a while and that was a decision she made um, with the Lord. And so I just think of that example too. Yeah, it's really cool because I mean, there's a there's a really grateful to see a few examples of that in our in our church. Um, I do think it it is interesting to see the response of others sometimes in the obviously in the positive. It's really cool to see a church come around those mm-hmm. families um, specifically because God like God's word really points to that specifically. Um, but even like some of the negative of like, oh, like that doesn't seem wise or that doesn't seem mm. right or that doesn't. And it's like, oh, like we have this spoken or unspoken language of what we think or how we think God will fulfill these things or how mm. he should or shouldn't. And 
um, I really just think that's up to him in so many spheres. And, and it's our job as believers to come around those conversations and those spaces and to support and to pray and um, to trust God and see what he has before it. But I think we have just unintentionally cultivated um, a very specific expectation for all of these things, singleness, dating, mm-hmm. marriage, family. Um, and it's it's cool to see God mm-hmm. work outside of what society would say is right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have the verse in front of me, but, but one of the things that Jesus does promise mm-hmm. is that anyone who has given up spouses or children or brothers or sisters or mothers and fathers now for mm-hmm. the sake of the kingdom will be given 10 or a hundred fold mm-hmm. yeah. now, not just later, but yeah, now. now. And that really contributes to the idea and the importance of the church being a family. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I personally, I feel really strong about that. Mm-hmm. I have a great family who I love, they love me, and the church is also my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I look around at um, students that I have um, mentored or uh, just other people, other families that have invited me in, like, they're not just like, oh, this person that I know, they're like, they genuinely are as close as my family. And so I, I've, I've told several of my students this, um, but like I get in, in their lives and the ways that they encourage me, like I get to see God fulfilling that promise mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. And so like, yeah, I don't have any kids, but yeah. I do have all of these other things. And so I think that's maybe, maybe this is another way to like come at desire mm-hmm. of like, I don't actually know, nor have I given it much thought about whether I would want biological kids or not. I don't, <laughs> sure, whatever. Um, <laughs> but what I do know is that God has answered that prayer and that desire, maybe not in a way that is culturally normal mm-hmm, or yeah. even culturally, culturally normal for the church. But he has answered it in a way that is like fulfilled desire uh, in my in my heart. And it's another way of like going kind of back to the spouse thing mm-hmm. around the like I God has made sure that I will never be alone and that he has given me a family yeah. uh, that is far beyond just the one yeah. spouse and 2.5 kids. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, it's singleness. Uh, we navigate this space and I think what you know, we're talking about is this idea of unmet desires, regardless of whether they're for marriage or for children. And what do we do with it? How do we navigate it? Uh, But what is unique is that all of us have unmet desires, single Mm. and married. And, you know, I liked how you mentioned lament, Jenna, because there is this process of there is grief, there is loss. Like I I really imagine my life would include these things. And for whatever whatever reason, God, you have not brought them along the way. But what that doesn't mean is that his goodness has stopped in our lives. And so it is the 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 perspective of God is good and he's yeah. always given me good gifts. And Lord, change my perspective to see the ways you are still meeting those same needs for relationship and belonging and love and intimacy um, that you designed us to have and you say is present within the community of believers. Uh, because like you said, Brayden, man, we're supposed to be family. Like when it comes to the sense of belonging, mm. which I think a lot of singles struggle with because the church can have a focus. And, and, I, and when I say the church having all these focus, I think part of it is culture has changed and the church is still trying to catch up. Because 100 years ago, most of everybody 
would be married for whether they were happy in that place or not. Um, And that's just changed for lots of different reasons. Um, And so how do we as a church kind of catch up to these cultural dynamics that are, that are happening? Uh, But Mm -hmm. is that everybody has a place of belonging. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's loved. Um, everybody is seen, everybody belongs. Uh, I might not be a physical mother, but I am able to spiritually mother so many people in the stories of singles who dedicated their lives to caring for thousands of children mm-hmm. um, over years um, in different places. Uh, you just see the ability to still have impact. Um, it just is, is huge. But the question is, to me, that underlies that, is how do I persist in faithfulness when God has not given me what I want? Mm. Um, and to me, that's a question partly of the Christian life, but I do believe there are things that we can do that exasperate that and make it more difficult. Mm. Um, and so what are some of the habits that we might walk into that make it for difficult for us to live faithfully when our life is devoid of things like physical children and marriage, and we're in a place where we desire those things? I, I think one, I think one way to look at that is, is the difference between, solitude and loneliness Mm. uh just by an example it's like if i'm gonna go home and there's quote no one there uh then am i going to go into that looking at it like i am alone or lonely or am i going to look at that as a time of solitude and intentionally use it for whatever so that i can then go back out Mm -hmm. i don't like that's one example that comes to mind with that question. I think that there are other things and and I'm like, I don't want to just be the, or just think like, oh, well, if you just change your perspective, everything's going to get fixed. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's like going to happen. Um, but I do think that it is important around how we think about those things. And so whatever the desire is there is like, are you seeing what God's given and are you seeing what God's put in front of you Mm -hmm. or are you focusing just on the thing that God has chosen not to give or not put in your life at this point? And I think so many times, at least for me, that I have focused all of my attention on the thing that God Mm -hmm. hasn't done and I completely miss what God's doing Mm -hmm. actually in front of me. I think um, when I'm not abiding in in the word and with Christ every day, that's when I get in that season. And almost every time I'm like, man, I'm not doing well, even like in a sin nature, like, oh, I am messing up, quote, quote, uh, in this way. And I'm talking to a friend, you know, and that friend is like, well, what does your like relationship look like with the Lord? And I'm like, well, I haven't, it doesn't look like anything. <laughs> it's like every time and I still don't learn the lesson. It's fine. But that it's, it's always that it's always like, well, I'm not spending time in the word. I'm not being reminded of the bigger picture and not, um, I'm just navel gazing, as they say, like focusing on myself. Um, so once I get my eyes on Jesus, it's like, yeah, okay. I, you know, there's gratitude, there's gratefulness. Yeah, I think that's that's just something personally. Whether you're married or yeah. single or old, young, like, no matter what, if we're following Jesus, if we're putting all of this in our life, Jesus actually is our satisfaction. Yeah. And so if he is our satisfaction and following Jesus is actually worth it, then Jesus is going to be enough. Yeah. And we're not ever going to get that from a spouse or a kid or a whatever. Um, he has to be enough. Mm. Um, 
Yeah, I think that's like those are so good and like like so essential. Um, I I think there's also this aspect of when we're younger believers, there's this okay and like this expectation of of limitations for ourselves of like, actually, you you probably do need to limit your exposure to that mm. thing if it is causing you to stumble or if it is um, leading to temptation mm-hmm. or what or this, you know, even friendship groups. It's like, actually, that mm-hmm. that group of friends is really hard for me to be around right now because it leads me into sin more likely. Um, but as we, we grow as believers, there's some shift of like, oh, like, I'm just not going to I don't need boundaries. Like I don't need as many boundaries to help me flourish anymore. And and it's, or it it feels like, oh man, like I should be past this or I shouldn't need to give myself limits anymore. I should just know God's goodness. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but we are still in the flesh and we, we will have times or seasons where we struggle with certain relationships or certain spaces or certain just fill in the blank. And so I do think there's this, aspect of, man, like I, I really do have this desire and this space makes it really hard. And I'm, I'm not going to avoid that space forever um, because I trust God will um, continue to grow me and make me look more like um, his son. And he will reveal to me the things that I should be grateful for that he's doing. But I have a limit here. And I, this leads me to some stumble or leads me to doubt, or maybe even this friendship or relationship. It's, it's, Honestly, I just have to be vulnerable before God and say it's too difficult mm. and I need to step away um, so that I can see your goodness all the more. Um, it's like Hebrews 12, like where it's like any hindrance, like throw off any hindrance that's helping you run the race. Um, and I think we give ourselves too much credit for our self-control or our strength or those things. And and at the end of the day, God will humble us and remind us of our weakness, um, mm-hmm. but he will also remind us that he sustains. And it's when those things have been stripped away sometimes that we really do see that we can't help but to see that God is all we have and he's all that we need. Exactly. So good. And it, just kind of coming at it again from another mm-hmm. place, like what you, what you said about like boundaries and limits, like... Mm-hmm. I it is good for grownups <laughs> yeah. to have yeah. limits like yeah. and boundaries. Um like I I know myself mm-hmm. and so there is a 30 minute clock on Instagram. <laughs> yep. And when that's mm-hmm. done, it's done. Mm-hmm. I can't get to it anymore. But I think that is uh one example of what God is saying in in his instruction and in his wisdom when he says that his boundary lines have fallen in pleasant places. Mm-hmm. And so it's like whatever it is that that you need to do to mm-hmm. make those boundaries clear and then have community to help you like yeah. enforce those boundaries around whatever is like it's good to have those. I think it connects to the previous statement you were making, Brady, about perspective because there are things that shape our perspective. And so they shape the way we view uh, whether this time in my apartment or my house by myself is a gift from the Lord. I get an opportunity to lean in, to read more, to pray for people, to just be present Mm. with God. Or, man, I'm just in a slump of loneliness. Nobody's here. This is a horrible place. (laughs) And I'm going to spend my time on Instagram scrolling through and seeing Mm -hmm. all the people Mm -hmm. hanging out doing wonderful, seemingly wonderful things. (laughs) I mean, like, I don't belong. Why didn't Mm. they invite me? Look, they have matching outfits. I want to be with them. (laughs) And it's ridiculous. But we do it because we create this narrative that the other season or the other place that we're not in is perfect. 
we create this mm. fantasy, partly because nobody posts the hard things. Sometimes people do, and that's, yeah, that's a whole nother episode. But um, what we need to realize is the grass is green when people water it. Oh. And so... Mic drop. If somebody else's grass is green, it's not because it's a better place. It's because they're doing the work to mm. lean in yeah. and to invest because there are so many... So many dynamics about, even when we think about singleness, marriage is difficult. What holds us, what yeah. centers us is the Lord. Yeah. Um, and so how are we being cognizant of, oh, do I have habits that are changing my perspective? Yeah. Because time with the Lord, just my perspective to gospel lenses and time scrolling through and in comparison will take those lenses off and have yeah. me see things through what I don't have versus what I do have. So I just think it's really helpful for, we need limits. We're not strong enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> limits are good. Uh, scripture speaks to that a whole, mm-hmm. whole lot. And that we would just humble ourselves and live in the freedom that limits provide us. So when it comes to kind of these uh, additional conversations about singleness, you have unmet desires, which we're talking about, but then also Sometimes singles can feel like they have to just hang out with single people, that they can't be in relationship with other married folks. Like, what does that look like for us to be in relationship with our married brothers and sisters? And so I kind of want to transition for us to talk about that. Um, And let's just start on a high note. Like, do you guys live in encouraging relationship with your married brothers and sisters? Yes. Yes. Okay. (laughs) We aced it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Check. No, I, I just, I can think of at, at least three couples who yeah. are just fantastic, who have deliberately mm-hmm. um, invited me in slash mm-hmm. not cut me out um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of like, they're wanting me as a single person to still be part of their life. And it's not that they're not friends with other married people. Mm-hmm. Like they are. And sometimes, you know, you do the whole double date thing and whatever, but they're also really intentional about still inviting me in and still be like, yes, we want you Mm -hmm. and you're our friend. And it's not just that I'm friends with one Mm -hmm. of those people or or the other, but it's it's I'm friends with them individually Mm -hmm. and I'm friends with them together. Um, And that's that's one of the been I think that's been one of the most successful patterns that I've seen in those like relationships between married couples and single mm-hmm. people is that you do have individual relationships and you have the couple relationship. And then, yeah, yeah I can, I can just think of, yeah, though they've been really encouraging to just invite me in and, and make me part of their family as they're part of the church family, like yeah. as a whole. I think I've just been thankful to see in, in multiple there's just a handful um, of relationships and marriages that I've gotten to continue to be friends with, with those, um, those people, those couples, those families, even. It's really cool for me to see like the different stages as well for them. And just like, oh, I was, I was friends with y'all like before and I'm friends with y'all now. And uh, I'm friends with you as you're, you're having your first kid and I'm Mm. friends with you as your Mm -hmm. family is growing. And like, just the joy that I get to have in that. And um, and I also think there's this cool dynamic um, with each of those, and, and it varies life stage to life stage. But to see that there's some there's some scenarios where I get to see they make sacrifice to welcome me in. And, I, mm. and that's not like in a bad light. It's not like, oh, man, you're really laying down your life to welcome me in. But it's like, oh, you, you love me and you're making a, a space and you're sacrificing time 
so that you can welcome me in and I feel loved by that. Or on the other sphere, it's like I get to lay down some of my life and sacrifice some of my time to enter in in this season where you you need a single friend to come in and help um, and to, um, in, in that space or whatever the dynamic is there. Um, but it's such, it's so mutual and it, and that's literally what we're called to be as family. Mm-hmm. And even like you're saying, Brayden, like that familial aspect, there's just so much joy in it. Like mm-hmm. there's so much um, incur- mutual encouragement, uplifting. Um, I look at those, I, I really can't like, I'm, I'm really blessed and grateful that I can't see many of my close married relationship and friendships um, and look and compare like my single um, friendships and be like, oh, like these are starkly different. One is significantly more difficult or like one is just easier and better. Like, no, like I want and I need both. And yeah. I'm so, so blessed to have both. Um, and both take work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like there should just be some expectation of like, oh, like this one does, this mm-hmm. one should be easy and this one should be hard. Um, no, I, I've... I think we can see um, both and with single friendships and married friendships. Yeah, it's not, the, I mean, you said it, it's not that one is better, worse, or harder. Um, they're just like different. Like I think of a lot of times with my couple friends, I mean, there's factors. If they have kids, you know, going out for them means a sitter that can be more money, time, et cetera. And so a lot of times it looks like me entering in because it's a little easier for me or I have the different capacity. And so it's like, I'll come to you and they're like, come over for dinner and I'm with them and I'm with their kids and that kind of thing. And then with the single friend, it's like, I want to try a new restaurant and I heard good things about it. You want to go with me? Um, and then I have those married friends that, um, like I am, I am better friends with maybe one of the spouses, but, uh, that doesn't mean I, I negate the, the spouse. Um, and I actually, and maybe this will, we'll get there, but like, um, that's a really important thing for me. If I'm if I'm really close to you as a friend, I want to know your family because that's just like a part of you and a part of um, who you are and it matters to you. Just like I want you to know things about me in my life. So um, I, I just value that very highly. What would you say, and you kind of mentioned some of this, Chelsea, um, what is one thing that you've learned from your married friends in terms of, oh, I see you help me see my walk with the Lord in a better way because of the way I see you live your life as a married couple and maybe parents of children. I think I've, I've gotten a front row seat to patience and endurance, um, especially uh, with like as, as you're having kids or as, mm-hmm. as a, as a couple's having kids just to see in a little bit more detail, how much goes into mm-hmm caring for two small humans running around a house, mm-hmm. uh, that, that you, you just don't, if you're not there, you don't see. And just the, the amazing level of patience that God has had to give. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then for me to look at my life and go like, okay, am I, am I this patient with, mm-hmm. with things or the, the endurance of lack of sleep? I know it's like cliche or whatever, but like, parents don't sleep that much cliche for a reason it's cliche for a reason uh and so just seeing their endurance and like and then uh there's like there's a picture that sticks in my mind i was like over at some friend's house and i'm like there's like dinner being cooked and i'm trying to help with that and then my friend is like 
on the floor trying to take care of her kid and do the women's Bible class mm. homework <laughs> and like all at the same time. And I'm just like, this is what this looks like. Mm -hmm. um, this is what faithfulness looks like. This is what endurance and and patience looks like because it's like, is that answer going to be like, mm -hmm. you know, the best thing ever? Maybe, probably not. Maybe it was. I have no idea. Yeah. But it's like it's the effort that's being put in there. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I think. Yeah, that's so good. And I in in a lot of ways, I feel like those spaces, both just in a marriage or in a family, I've just seen how selfish I am <laughs> in, in my own life and how much I really do use and have used my singleness for me and not for God and not for others. It just highlights those things um, in a in a convicting way, but in an encouraging way of like, man, like I am, I'm stirred up like um, to, to use this time better, to see how you use your time and how you use it to care for others, um, for your spouse, for your family. Um, and even with that, like, as you're saying, like, oh, like trying to do the women's Bible class, like homework in this space, like how sweet it is that God multiplies the time like that he mm, has yes. with those and that I get a specific season of life. I have no idea how long it will be. It could be forever um, to cultivate like the time that mm -hmm. he multiplies for me and I get to spend more time before him. And then maybe one day my season of life will change and he will multiply and, and build up that discipline that I've built now. And not for, not for the sake of a future um, life stage, but for the sake of the now and for the sake of what mm -hmm. he's doing in my life now and seeing and just being encouraged by like, man, like I get to see that brother or sister in Christ as they use that five minutes that they have and mm -hmm. they devote it to God and be like, man, like God has been doing a good work in you for a long time that you use that five minutes for him and not yourself. Because as I see that five minutes, I'd be like, I need alone time. Mm -hmm. I'm going to lock myself in a closet. I don't know what I'm going to do, um, but you don't. And I'm so encouraged and stirred up. And now I'm like, I, I want to to be that as well. You said earlier, you said sacrifice several times. And I thought was the word that kept popping out in my brain. It's just like um, there is a sacrifice when other humans depend on you. Um, and even when if you don't have kids, it's like, you know, your spouse is expecting time from you. And, um, you know, you have a home to take care of together. And um, those things are true, too, when you're single. It's like uh, the other day. I was hanging out with somebody and they were like, what does Saturdays look like for you? Cause he's got three kids and he's like, he's at 12 soccer games a day. And I was like, well today, uh, you know, after this thing we're at, I'm going to probably go home, do laundry. And, you know, because a lot of times my weeknights are going to dinners or trying to, you know, connect with people. And then my Saturday is a lot of home because I'm the only one responsible for it, you know? And so it's like, no one else is changing my sheets, but me and no one else is doing the cooking, but me. And, um, and so when you don't share those things, those are all on your shoulders too. And that's like a, a different kind of, um, it's just different. It's just a yeah. different way of doing life. Um, but yeah, so I think sacrifice and perseverance are really, I learn a lot of that. Um, when I look at like marrieds and families, what, do our married brothers and sisters have an opportunity to learn from us as single folks as they're in relationship, friendship with us? And it might be the same things you mentioned, but just in a different way, the single lens. I have to point back to um, Rachel Gilson, uh, the episode where she talked about family of God last spring. Um, and she talks about how singleness is this picture of, it's a picture of heaven that married people get to see as well. Um, because it really is like, um, and I forget 
I forget the passage I should know. Um, but it's talking about um, the in heaven. Um, and Jesus says this, and then Paul, I think, repeats it somewhere, um, that that heaven will be, um, we are married to God. We are in Christ fully in that moment. And so that's just like a, a reality that will be for everyone, but it's not necessarily a reality right now. And um, I think there's a way that singleness can really point to that. Like, what does it look like to uh, really only have Christ in your in your heart and you don't have like a spouse distract. You just don't have the distractions of a spouse and kids and all of that. Um, and so it's just really, um, I think an encouragement, uh, maybe for people who are in hard marriages too, and in, uh, difficult family situations, kids that are hard. I mean, kids are hard anyways, but some are exceptionally hard. And, um, yeah, I think there's a, a picture of that too, where you're like, this season feels hard. I have to remember that, there's like an ultimate eternity thing, you know? And so it's really important for me to, to look to Christ and be reminded of that and abide in him. I think there's, there's two things that, that kind of come to mind. I think, um, being blessed with flexibility in my schedule Mm -hmm. really does allow me, um, a special privilege of observing and taking the time to see where God is moving. Do I always utilize that really well? (laughs) No, I don't. But, um, getting to see, like for a married couple or a family to see that, um, because I'm sure there's just this overwhelming busyness of like, there's multiple schedules mm-hmm. and there's all of these things and they have, this has to get done. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that I don't feel that for my own life, but there is a flexibility that I'm allotted that allows me to say like, today, God, what are you doing? Um, allow me to see what your intentions are for today for me. Um, I get that space a little mm-hmm. bit more. Uh, frequently than they would. Um, And so even just that reminder of like, actually, you can stop. You can slow down. Um, You can take the time and space to see where the Holy Spirit is moving in in your lives. And it will come with probably more sacrifice for you than it will for me. Um, But God is worthy of it, and He's good for it, and He's going to um, multiply that and, and grow that and bless that as well. Um, so even that reminder to to be stirred up, um, and so I think that is the key one. I think I think for for me it's potentially more of a hope than a mm. than a thing that already exists, and and that is that married couples and and really any other people would be able to see how single people are doing with the desire question that we asked before mm-hmm. and just like, okay, how are you a single person, whether you're able to either God is saying like, Hey, the things that you desire are not good or the things that you desire, I'm not going to give you right now. Um, I think every human has something in probably both of those categories. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yes, the, the, working out of that for someone who is single uh, may be a little bit more visible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think that is something that that they could potentially learn. But I have to figure out the answer to that question first. So I have no idea. <laughs> that was great. Uh, yeah, I think that reminded me of like kind of the second yes. tier of thanks, nice. Brayden. Well um, of just even with the, I think specifically with the loneliness that we've talked about, mm-hmm. um, I think there's the space to learn to run to God quicker Mm -hmm. um, and when you see that in your single friends rather than um, as a married person who's probably more tempted to run to their spouse to fulfill that loneliness or to expect Mm -hmm. that from them Mm -hmm. or or even your kids like to be like expectant of like actually like you're supposed to fulfill this whether 
uh, knowingly or unknowingly, like having that expectation to that they would meet that where they just can't meet it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's far fewer places that I can run to immediately um, and expect that I will run to other places um, to try to fulfill that. But uh, I think just having that voice and having that reminder is more prevalent in, in a single person's life to be like, I have to run to God. God is the only one who can actually fulfill this. Um, and so to be reminded of that through through those relationships with your single friends. Our last singles hot topic <laughs> for this conversation. Uh, we are releasing this episode prior to Christmas. And the holidays can just be a hard time for singles for a variety of reasons. It could be family dynamics. It could be, you know, you go home and your family is always asking, so, and you're like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It could be just you feel left out because uh, the holidays can tend to be more geared towards families and kids. And, you know, as a single, especially if you live away from home, don't Mm -hmm. have a great relationship with your own nuclear family. Like, it's just complicated. So a table of singles who are healthy and living for the Lord, what wisdom would you offer to the singles who are listening and to the married folks? Because it's an opportunity to minister to their single brothers and sisters too. I'm really thankful that <laughs> this sounds bad, but my parents are just kind of like, well, like maybe no, it's maybe never going to happen for her. And I'm like, great, you can stop asking me. That's perfect. Um, and I really appreciate that space. Um, but I also think with the like the advice on for singles and for those married Um, couples and families. For the single, it is vulnerable. It is hard to voice. Like, I want to be welcomed into this space. Um, Mm -hmm. And hopefully you do have cultivated relationships with families in the church where you can say that. Um, And it's really hard to initiate that. And sometimes the, the ask of you, of us, is to say, like, can, can I be there? Like, can I be in this space? Can you, can I, I don't have somewhere to go. I don't have um, this space to go mm. to. And, and this season is hard for me. And I would like to be invited into this space. Um, and that's really hard. And because that's really hard for the married couple and for the families, invite your single friends in. Like, mm-hmm. even if their answer is no, like, even if they actually do have somewhere to go, like that feeling seen Feeling invited in will just speak volumes and do so much for mm. the for past the holiday season, for those other times and spaces where they're like, I'm lonely now, like mm-hmm. I need this now. This this friendship has asked and has seen me and has cared. And I I can go back to that. And so yeah. Yeah. There's a way to be seen. Um, that's just like uh like you were saying, like even just asking, even if they're gonna say no. I thought of a friend. Um and like I go to Christmas with my family, um, but just the pattern of working at a church and everything, I typically do Christmas Eve um, services. And I've kind of the last couple of years, like um, this is like the new the new norm is I wake up early Christmas morning and drive to my family's. And so I have a friend who was like, um, I had an email from her. Well, she was like, check, check her email because Christmas. And I was like, oh, and I had a Starbucks gift card from her. And she was like, Merry Christmas. Um, enjoy your time with your family. Starbucks, one of the few places open Christmas morning at seven. <laughs> um, and so shout out, not sponsored. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, and so that's what I did. I, and it was like, that was so um, thoughtful in a way that was like, she knows my plans. And I, you know, and she's going to spend time with her family. And um, I'll just never forget that, like how much that meant. And so I think um, for both, for the married and the single, 
Um, you know, in the same way, I I ask my married. I mean, obviously, they're spending time with their family, but you know, are you going to extended family? Are you going to in laws that you have a hard time with? Like, is there something I can be praying for for my married friends? Um, is there something I can be praying for for my single friends? Do I know anyone that needs somewhere to go? I've done that before too. Invited them into things, um, and and just looking for those opportunities to like reach out to people and pray for my friends. Um, but then, yeah, I've felt that from from other friends as well. Um, just little ways of of showing care. I think take the time, and this this goes for single, married, anyway. Take the time to think about good questions to ask people mm. uh, <laughs> at at family gatherings. Uh, because there are, in fact, more important things okay. about a person than yes. just, <laughs> Come on. are you in a relationship <laughs> and what do you do for work? Like, yes, yes. Please just, the two things I don't want to talk about right now. <laughs> exactly. And, and so if it's you just can't like, think of them, there's there's resources. Right. Like The internet there's exists. The internet. There's, like, <laughs> like, there's those question card games right. now you can mm-hmm. use. Yes. And so there's so lots good. of resources, but... It again, Chelsea, the thing that you said is just about feeling seen mm-hmm. and being seen. Mm-hmm. It's like having something to talk about besides those two That's things really of good. job and relationship yeah. would be fantastic. And honestly, I have to chime in. Those are the most boring questions, too. I mean, no one likes that small talk, even if you're married with kids. You could Google those things. You're about probably, me. yeah, <laughs> you probably want someone to be like, well, what do you, I don't know, just something more interesting to think about. Yeah. And, and I think too, uh, this is, this is circling back a little. Um, but when you are asked that question, like, are you dating anybody? What is the relate? I've, I've follow up internal questions. What is the relationship here? Um, does this person know me at all? Therefore, can I answer honestly? (laughs) Um, but if they don't, they are probably just trying to connect and they don't have a better way. And that is their default. So can I redirect the conversation to something more interesting? Yes. Um, and so, yeah, on that note, yeah, 100% agree. Better questions. Better questions. As y'all been talking, uh, what has kind of kind of struck out to me is singleness, marriage, unmet desires, friendship. I mean, all of this connects to how we just relate to one another as uh, believers. This idea of make sure you see people, be welcoming and hospitable, um, go the extra mile, be considerate, you know, even asking good questions <laughs> at dinner takes effort mm-hmm. to can go beyond the surface level. Um, these are things of how do we show up and just really love people well? Yeah. Um, and how do we journey through the hard seasons of life, whether it's through unmet desire? How do we do that? Well, how do you come alongside a single who you know that they are struggling with the desire to be married and come place of compassion um, with not empty promises about what God is going to do, but just say, man, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to lament with you because mm-hmm. that's what it means for us to be brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, one of the things I think happens with singles is we got to kind of get pegged as other and the reality is the way that we all need to relate to one another, the huge banner is what it means for us to be brothers and sisters in Christ and what it means for us to be in relationship and what it means for us just to love people well. And so that's my encouragement to you if you're listening, whether you're single, whether you're married, um, that you would just be someone who loves people well and it's blessed with the gift of good friendship and relationship because you just image Christ in doing that. 
Thank you for listening to Culture Matters. This episode is produced by Chelsea Conway with editing and support from the Good Podcast Company. If you're a regular follower of the podcast, we would love to hear from you. You can message us on social. Check the show notes for more information on how best to connect with us. See y'all next time. Thank you.